Hello and welcome to another episode of Sex Ed for Sex Med, a prime resource for evidence-based education about sexual medicine for students, practitioners, and the public. Today, we have the joy of talking to Dr. Sarah Jungens, who is a pelvic floor physical therapist with Prometica Pelvic Health Clinic in Toledo. She's also a graduate of the Sexual Health Certificate Program through University of Michigan. And today she's uh, agreed to do a demonstration with a live model for the, the best practices for taking a, a sexual history. Um, in episode 38, we talked to Dr. Uh, Sharon Parrish, who's done a lot of research in this area. And, and one of the uh, papers she produced um, suggested doing demonstrations for students and practitioners to, to help them understand uh, how to do this. So welcome, Sarah, and thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Do, do you want to say anything before you do your, your demonstration to, to set this up, to cue this up? Yeah, just so listeners and viewers know, this is really geared towards uh, providers who don't have a lot of time on their hands. Um, so with really quick visits, we need to make sure that we're being thorough in our screening, but also you know, fairly succinct. So this is going to be a fairly quick interview. This is by no means exhaustive, uh, but we're really hoping to let general practitioners and um, even specialists outside of sexual health um, have some guidance on how to proceed with this. Great. Well, thank you. And I'm going to let you uh, take over and thanks to our live model for, for being a part of this. So have at it. Thank you. All right. Hi, Delaney. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. Thank you. So today I wanted to ask about a few aspects of your, of your health. And one of those aspects that's very important is sexual health. So I ask all of my patients about their sexual health and practices. Is it okay if I go ahead and ask you a few questions? Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so first question is, are you sexually active? Yes. Wonderful. Okay. And can you tell me a little bit about um, how you're having sex? Is it penetrative? Is it solo? Um, it is both. And um, is the penetrative intercourse, is that vaginal, anal, or both? Um, just vaginal. Okay. All right. And are you using any protection? Um, intermittently using condoms. Okay. Um, do you have one partner in general or multiple? Uh, just one. Okay. All right. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that information. And that really lets us know kind of your background and how we can make sure that we're covering all your bases so we can keep you nice and healthy. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about your partner? Uh, do, does your partner have a penis? Yes. Okay, perfect. Um, one thing that can really affect your sexual health is any history of infections, any complications in the past? Um, no, I have, um, I have had bacterial vaginosis before, but I don't have any other infections that I know of. Okay. Okay. Um, and that hasn't caused any, any longstanding issue, correct? No. Okay. Do you have any specific sexual concerns? 
Um, right now, I feel like my largest concern would be the fact that I, I don't consistently orgasm or like know when I will or like how long it'll take. And it's yeah. just starting to get like tiring for my partner and me. Sure. Yeah. And that, that could be very frustrating. Um, that's a very common thing that I hear from my patients and there are quite a few things that we can do to address that. Are you having any pain with intercourse? No. No. Okay. Are you lubricating naturally? Um, I, we, we have to use lube. Okay. And that's very mm -hmm. common. I recommend lube to a lot of my patients. It's totally normal, but there are recommendations for good, healthy lubes to use. So I can give you okay. some more, uh, I can give you some resources for that. And then let's make sure that we make another appointment, um, or I get you some resources to follow up with those issues that you're having with orgasm. Does that sound okay? okay. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah. Thank you. Well, that was great, Sarah. And I that really demonstrated a, a, a lot of things. And, and I'm just going to get your your thoughts on, you know, what you what you're thinking and why you asked what you asked. And and again, very importantly, how you asked. Right. And that's really the biggest part of these interviews is how you're asking questions. Um, we really set the stage um, as the clinician for how the patient's going to feel. So if we're at ease, the patient's going to be at ease. So practicing um, with peers um, is, is huge. And then one of the things that Dr. Parrish talked about was, you know, incorporating this into curricula and having students practice with each other so that when it comes time and you're in front of, of a patient, it's really not a big deal normalizing things is also, it's very comforting to the patient. And it's, it's very true. I mean, these are very common things. It's just that nobody talks about them. So letting patients know that these issues are normal um, and it, it's normal to talk about them takes away that stigma and they're a lot more likely to open up. Yeah, that, that is great. You know, if you were sitting in front of a class and you had people that really said, well, you know, I can see why sexual health is is good for a patient's overall health. But man, I just have a hard time, you know, asking them, what about your sex? What do you do? You know, all this. What would you tell somebody to, to, how to get to that point where they can just honestly and empathetically ask? What would you tell a student? Practice. Practice with peers. Practice with even, you know, clinicians, mentors, um, watching interviews, really just that exposure, that repetition is, that's really the only way to get to that point where you're feeling comfortable. And it's, you know, it's one thing to understand logically why we ask these things, but it's a whole nother one, a whole nother side of the coin to be empathetic and address this in a way that makes the patient feel comfortable. Yeah, I I thought your your question about you know does your partner have a penis that that was very you know you you it was very non judgmental and um, you know just allowed people no matter who their partner was to be, feel comfortable to talk about it 
And I, I thought some of the, the ways you asked things would just allow people to, to give them permission. Just give me an answer. I'm asking you honestly. And I thought that was very, very good. And this was a conversation, you know, no matter you're a physical therapist and, and you do, a, you know, you have your own wheelhouse, but, but you ask these questions and, and I think it's so important. And I think one of the biggest things, number one, this was done very quickly and you got a great amount of information, but, but, but number two, um, whether you're, you know, OBGYN or physical therapist or cardiologist, you can talk about that. Talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's one of the biggest roadblocks or one of the biggest considerations when we're talking about clinicians asking these questions is that certain specialists might not feel like it's in their wheelhouse or they might feel, and this is a big one, that they don't have any resources or solutions to offer if they do ask these questions and the patient answers. So they just don't ask. Um, but the thing is, is obviously there's so many things like, um, like neurology, for example, uh, talking to a patient who has multiple sclerosis, bringing up to the patient, you know, many of my patients who have multiple sclerosis tell me that they're having issues with their sexual health or even being more specific. They're having trouble with sensation with sex. Is that something that you're experiencing? So really it's, it might feel like it's out of the wheelhouse, but it's not. Sexual health is part of whole health. And if we're not addressing it, then we're leaving out a really big part of our patient's quality of life. So bridging that gap and making it about your specialty, you know, cardiologist, is your patient on beta blockers? You know, asking, asking how that's affecting their sexual function and normalizing it for the patient. A lot of my patients experience X, Y, Z. Is that something that you're also dealing with? Kind of allows the, the patient, gives the patient permission to talk about it. When maybe, you know, walking into a cardiologist's office, their thought is probably not to address their sexual health right out the gate. And I think that, you know, say I was a, a this is a great example. Say I am a neurologist and I did ask that question and people said, yeah, I, you know, I don't have any ability to um, have an orgasm, but I don't know squat about sexual medicine, and I don't know where to go with orgasm. What What do you recommend people do? And that's where our networking comes in. So having a good idea of providers or practitioners in your area, um, OBGYNs, pelvic floor physical therapists, um, nurse practitioners, um, even sex, especially sex therapists, um, so that you have these resources available, just like you would for a referral to any other specialty, knowing knowing who to send them to. You don't have to know everything. You don't even have to know half of everything. You just have to know enough to ask and to refer where the patient needs to go. And, and I think that's a great point that you bring up that... Um... You, you don't have to know. And, um, but if you get the discussion and find a problem, certainly, um, like you said, you have people you should have, you know, if, if as an OBGYN, um, you know, you ask about 
a lot of medical issues. And if somebody told me they had chest pain, I, I, can't, I don't take care of that. But, but right. I certainly have in mind what I would tell somebody. And I, actually, that's happened recently where I you know, just said, well, I want you to see X, Y, Z right now and 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 you know we got the conversation and we got care started even though i'm not the specialist to do it so i think that's a a great point to make because sometimes people don't put those things together well what am i going to tell them well what would you tell them if they had chest pain exactly so i i I think that's a, a great a great point and i think people just asking number one number two um you know, just getting that conversation going and having people to uh, uh, send people to is is also a good idea. Is there is there anything else you can think of about uh, these conversations that you feel very strongly as to why we can why, why everybody should ask these questions? It it's something that sexual health is just not discussed with with healthcare providers. Um, you know, we get so many patients who have suffered um, for decades. You know, we were talking about this before we started recording. And it just, it breaks your heart because they've mentioned this to to multiple OBGYNs or GPs or, you know, whomever it, it might be. And they were just dismissed. And that's a huge quality of life. I mean, that's not just a physical issue that's an emotional issue that's a relationship issue i mean this is something that can domino very quickly and there's no need for it to get to that point and if it you know if it takes one question early in the process we can affect that patient's life drastically so it's a simple question you know it's a it's a simple process you don't have to know everything. You don't even have to give specific solutions to things, but getting the patient the care that they need to, to be as healthy and as whole as possible, that's really what it's all about. And I, and I think for the listeners too, I'm going to refer them back to a a, a paper that uh, Ishwish did that Dr. Parrish talked about, and I'll put it in the, the show notes again. But but there's a, a paper they call it the process of care, and it's just you know getting um, what you just did, just getting the discussion going, and um, uh, you know the the way to to open up the conversation and to give the permission to the patient uh, to talk about it and to feel comfortable to talk about it, and even if you don't have any clue, um, just to you know. Uh, have in mind somebody you would send them to if if they had problems. And so, you know, I think, um, I, th- I think just being aware, I mean, you're, you're going to just increase the quality, like you said, the quality of care to these people uh, magnitudes, because it may not matter to you sitting as a doctor, but, but it really so much of these things matter to people. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think they're so important. So, I, you know, I think what you're doing is is so important and, and all that, you know, even, you know, in the field of, of pelvic floor physical therapy, so important to, to bring these people to some good health, some good pelvic floor health. So um, give me some last thoughts of what people more, what they could do better to, to get better at this. 
I mean, I think one of the the big takeaways should be to not dismiss uh, these patients. You know, the biggest luxury is time. Um, and that is something that we are very short on in healthcare. And so it can be very tempting to brush things off, um, to make the patient feel like, oh, that's not really a problem, um, so that you can kind of move through. Not that we're not empathetic, um, not that we don't want the patient to be better, but we're so pressed for time that we're not actually listening. And being able to slow down enough that the patient feels comfortable enough to explain to a certain extent is going to be very important. So pausing, taking a couple extra seconds to allow the patient time to answer fully um, is going to be really important to get, get the best information from them. If a patient feels like you're rushing, then they're going, they're going to brush over things. Um, and this, these things are difficult for patients to discuss. Clearly, they're difficult for clinicians to discuss, too. So, you know, we don't need to make it harder by rushing them. Yeah, great points. Fabulous points. Um, we talked somewhat about this in our in the first episode we ever did is just the importance of, of asking people about uh, their sexual health and just having the, um, the care to, to get over any hangups we have and just letting people talk and finding out about uh, any issues uh, they may have that we can help them take care of that. Thank you for, for taking out your time today to, uh, to help us look at this and get, and I just seeing the demonstration of somebody who, who does this every day um, and, and how to just empathetically start the conversation and and carefully just help people navigate through this. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sex Ed for Sex Med. Please find the articles used in today's discussion in the show notes for further study. Also, you will find the contact information for our expert today.